Hey, and welcome to the Yield Podcast, where we are exploring the concepts of yielding relationally, spiritually, and in our business. Rest is a huge pillar of Yield Podcast. It's from rest that we create our best work. And I was honored to connect with none other than the brilliant author and wellness consultant, Alex L. She has devoted her life's work to redefining self-care and developing healthy practices. I personally have fumbled between burnouts, so I got very personal. I'm asking questions about the things many of us struggle with. And I know you'll love Alex's perspectives on the idea of getting present, her journal prompts, breath work, naming what you need, extending yourself grace. That was huge for me. I want to invite you, just take a moment for yourself. Stop what you're doing, grab a coffee or a tea, and cozy up and receive this. You guys are going to love what she has to say. And I'd invite you afterwards to follow her on Instagram and go buy her new book, After the Rain. Oh, Brooke, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Yes. And so I kind of want to jump in. We were just talking about how self-care as community care. Could you kind of talk about what that means? Yeah. So, you know, everyone knows that self-care has become this trendy word. Um, And the more I think about self-care, the more I lean into it. And it came into my life, you know, about six years ago. So before it was really super popular on Instagram and things like that. Um, And I love that people are talking about self-care. I love that people are showing up for themselves. And I also want people to know that it doesn't have to be this expensive, um, consumer-driven experience. And at the end of the day, when I think of self-care, when I think of taking good care of myself, um, I ultimately think of my community and how if I'm empty, there's no way that I can show up in my community um, with my best intention forward, with my um, best presence forward. So self-care as community care is something that um, truly reigns true, especially now. I'm a mother of three. I'm a wife. I'm a business owner. I have my hand in many hats. Um, So it's like I can't show up in my work, in my family, in my friendships, etc. if I am depleted. And um, I like to fill up before I get to that burnout point. I don't think self-care should just be this um, experience that we have when we're burnt out or when we're, you know, struggling. It should be a daily practice of love and nurturing and nourishment um, so that if we show up in our spaces um, with clarity, we're able to really um, pass that goodness along that comes with um, taking care of ourselves truly and fully, even if that's five minutes of walking outside, even if that's getting back home to yourself through breathing and breath work. Um, If it's just a minute to journal what you're grateful for, for that moment, for that day, I think those need to be normalized as self-care. I mean, yes, folks like massages and they like that latte and that, you know, treat to themselves, but what about the non-tangible things that really fills us up so that we can be our best when we show up in our, our communities? Yes. And I think another thing that 
hasn't, like you were saying, hasn't really been normalized is the hard things that we do for ourselves. Um, even, I mean, it's kind of a word people don't like to use, but the disciplines of whether it be journaling or exercise or, you know, not out of a place of, oh, I have to do more, I have to try harder, but sometimes <laughs> in certain communities, I've seen people use self-care as I'm just going to like lay around and watch Netflix and, you know, order in and it becomes a habit that becomes a lifestyle. Um, yeah, I, I, I would definitely agree with, with that. And then what would you say, you know, as we're on this topic, what would you define as rest? Because this is something I've spent a lot of time thinking and mulling over, okay, what is rest and how do we define it? And what does that look like? Mm. Rest to me is really um, finding moments of pace, pacing ourselves, finding moments of slowing down, finding moments of saying no, um, finding moments of literally taking naps. Um, there's a woman I follow on Instagram who runs the account called the Nap Ministry, and she's an amazing. Yes, she's her name is Trisha, and I uh, she's an amazing Black woman who has spent a lot of her uh, time and career researching um, rest, especially among Black people. And I also just find that so um, important for everyone to rest and especially specifically um, because I'm a black woman for me to not feel like I have to be up and at them and grinding and and, and making a way um, out of no way uh, without adequate sleep or um, or release or pace in my life Um, so rest to me is truly showing up for myself like that that might be self-care for me a lot now too is like taking my 30 minute nap penciling rest in where it's like no computer no phone you know when the babies nap I can nap or I can sit down to read my book or I can just sit in silence and it's really um a sense of rejuvenation and reset and I think that everyone should be leaning into moments of rest when they can Yes. I love that idea of like setting a timer every day and wherever you are, whether it's nap or even just a moment, I think that's brilliant. And I want to dive a little deeper, um, just into, we don't have to make this all about, um, race, but I, I love talking about just the current climate and especially now as a black woman who is creative and has all of these different things that you are just, you're really just doing things. <laughs> you, term, you are, you're moving and shaking in ways that, um, most women aren't in general. And then to be a black woman who's doing it really well with excellence and taking care of yourself at the same time, what would you say to just other black women who, like you said, are probably dealing with that sense of, I need to grind. Um, the odds are against me. I've got to show up. Mm hmm. What I would say is slow down, uh, name what you need, pass the torch. I think that's so important. I mean, that goes back to self-care as community care and like um, 
Trisha of the NAP ministry really puts it beautifully. She, she calls it communal care and like being able to say to those around you um, that you need help. I think that that's the biggest, biggest thing is to, is to name what we need and um, to show up for ourselves in ways that are radical and how we show up and love others is how we should also be showing up for ourselves and loving ourselves. And that really is at the center of the work that I do um, for Black women and for all women, um, because we need to have the space to say, I can't right now, no right now, I need help right now, or not ever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. de declining, you know, and, and not feeling like you have to carry everything for everyone, whatever that looks like, um, professionally, familially, um, and so on and so forth. So I just, I just find that all of those things have been saving graces for me. And I want more people, uh, more women, more black women to be able to do the same with their own boundaries in mind. Yes. And speaking of boundaries, you have um, in one of your journaling prompts and kind of a plug for some of your other books and your resources. You guys should go on her website. There's uh, the freebie section. There's some journaling prompts. And in there, um, I've journaled through all of them. And the journal, sorry, the boundary circle. Um, mm -hmm. Will you kind of expound on that? Because I feel like it was deeper than um, even what I was experiencing. And I, I honestly found it hard to be like, where where do I put the boundary or yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes this is a boundary that I have and sometimes it's not, it just depends. Mm. So yeah, I just, I kind of wanted to dive into that a little bit of boundaries. It's and the complications mm. of it and how we decide when we need to put boundaries up. Yeah. I mean, boundaries are flexible, you know, they don't always stay the same. Um, if you're thinking of boundaries as a circle, right, with the boundary exercise, that circle could get bigger, or that circle could get smaller. Things could be on the line of your circle, or they could be hard stop inside the circle, which is the things that you need um, to be productive in your life, in your work, etc. right? The things that are going to be supportive of that boundary. And then what's on the outside of the circle are the things that absolutely cannot come into the boundary, um, you know, the boundary circle, right? They cannot infiltrate the space because they will distract you, they will throw you off. So for an example, for people listening, in my boundary circle, I have love, and I have naming what I need, right? And then on the outside of my boundary circle, I have self-doubt because if I let that in the circle, it's a whole different ball game. It's a whole nother, you know, set of challenges that come up. And then I also have, um, um, oh my gosh, this one that I always, always write on the outside and I cannot pull it up out of my brain right now. Um, but another thing that could come up is um, negativity, right? From people from um, jobs, from um, life experiences. And you can always break down negativity. There's so many different ways to put that on the page. But for me, I can't have anything negative in my circle because then I'm gonna be distracted from the work. That's not to say negative things won't happen. That's not to say self-doubt won't creep in. But it is a visual for me as, as someone who needs to kind of see the full picture, like, okay, what is in my circle right now? Is self-doubt in there? Is negativity in there? Okay, then it's time for those to go outside of the circle so I can get back on track. Um, so a lot of folks love the boundary exercise and they also are like, 
hey, sometimes these words that I'm putting on the page can intertwine, can interlock, can kind of be um, put in and put out. And I think that's the joy and the beauty in writing practice. I mean, I'm, I'm a writer, um, so I turn to the page for clarity and being able to see things like a boundary circle or like an affirmation chart and to be able to process with clarity, understanding and duality because we're human and nothing is ever linear. Um, it just is really helpful. Wow. I love that. And I'm, there's so many ways we could go with this. <laughs> Gosh, I feel so here's another thought, right? Cause it's like, okay, this is not allowed inside of my boundary circle. Like self-doubt is not allowed in. So what is a practical thing you do when you have that moment where you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I can do this. Like what in that mm -hmm. moment is your practical go-to? Is it journaling? Is it like, what do you do in those moments? Mm, I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm definitely a journaler first. Um, but something that's really been coming up in my personal practice lately is meditation, moving meditation. So that's like going outside, that's deep breathing, that's rocking and swaying. If I'm sitting in silence, just like getting back into my body has definitely been a um, ritual these days. I mean, it's wild the times we're living in, right? And so many of us can kind of float. I mean, if you think about the body and you think about the soul, a lot of times we're out of our body. Like we're not even present with what is going on. And for me, getting back into my body, getting back um, into my present state, into the moment is necessary. I have a two-year-old, I have a almost one-year-old, and I have a 12-year-old. And life is very busy here. Um, and life is chaotic here. And it's like, okay, how do I show up in motherhood and for myself and also in my work and also as a wife and all these different things that requires my full attention that requires me being present and being in my body um so that's what i would say to that um is yes journaling but also yes to breath work and body movement and um means of that nature to get back to to presence and also to um, healing. Yes. Yes. And I think this is just kind of a one-off thought that I wonder if you had any, anything to add to, but I've noticed even in what I, you know, I've always compartmentalized spirituality, physical body, mind. Like I've always kind of separated them into different categories. Like, okay, yeah. But when I pray, I'm not moving or when I mm. um, exercise, I'm not praying. And when I'm just thinking and letting my brain go, I'm not really paying attention to the other two. And I've noticed more lately, and this might sound silly, but it's like when I walk and pray, I'm way more like what you were saying. It's not about being present. There's no, there's no way to always be present. That's physically, it's mentally impossible to always be present in a moment so I think we put a lot of pressure there of like, we have to be present. We have to be present. It's like, no, we have to take time to get present. <laughs> mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. we will, we'll have to come back to that over and over. But I think like you were saying, it sounds silly to be like, I rock and I'm sitting in silence, but there's a part of your brain that's stimulated to be like, focus, focus on the mm -hmm. moment. That is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if you had any thoughts on that, I'm not sure if you do. I mean, I totally get it. I mean, 
it's interesting, you know, that you brought up walking and praying and like the duality there, you know, um, the, the fluidity there, the clarity there. Um, and I think that it really reminds people that you can be both and it doesn't necessarily have to be this rigid practice. And, and as you mentioned, like getting, we're not always present Mm -hmm. and yes, that is the truth, but the meditation and the practice is to um, recenter and recalibrate. And that's what um, it is for me, at least as of lately. Oh, I love this conversation. I also, this is kind of out of left field, but as we're kind of like rounding out, I know you've got kids to put to sleep, but I, so we've had all this miscommunication between the two of us. And it's really been more on my end of, you know, just scheduling this interview. And I had this moment this week where I was just beating myself to the pulp of like, what did you do? You sent the wrong time. You did this. You, you know, you weren't excellent. And I just want to kind of dive into those thoughts. Like you obviously came back and you were like, listen, it's no big deal. It was divine timing. Everything worked out, (laughs) you know, and, and thank God I was with a friend who was doing the same thing. She was like, girl, if you don't stop, (laughs) take a second and forgive yourself. Um, but I want to kind of dive into it because I know I'm not the only one that deals with this. Um, but what would you say like is a practice, whether it's a journaling prompt or, or something to kind of practically forgive myself, not just say, oh yeah, I forgive myself. It's okay. You'll like, you have room to make mistakes, but what are some things I can do to like really connect with that? Mm. You know, I just... <laughs> It's so interesting. Like we have a really hard time as human beings giving ourselves grace, but I find that we can easily give someone else grace um, and understanding. And when I told you like, it is not a big deal, I meant that. Um, And while I know that it was disappointing and I mean like when I, and I I also truly believe in divine timing. So when that didn't work out, and I had a migraine that I could not shake. And then the call didn't happen. I was like, thank God. Cause clearly something is like in the air and good. We will just reschedule. And I think like finding space for that. It's okay. We can reschedule. Um, is it's okay. We can try again. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's okay. It's, you know, it's really okay. And giving ourselves the permission to like trust that it's okay um, is big. It's major. It's hard, especially if we think that we dropped the ball or what have you. And I know in this day and age of like interviews and meetings, and there's like this air of professionalism that needs to be had. I'm also probably, I'm professional, but I'm also very laid back. And I know that not everybody is like that. Um, but I'm laid back because things happen and (laughs) Like, it's okay. I mean, I have dropped the ball many a times and that's how I know, oh, I'm still okay. I'm okay. So yeah, just giving ourselves grace. Yes. I so appreciate that. And I think, so one thing that I tend to do when I'm like, okay, you like, 
it is unnecessary, Brooke, that you are so mad at yourself over this. Like, I remember thinking that in that moment that like, there is something deeper here. There is a deeper root to your reaction. And that's kind of where I'll go. And what I realized for me in that moment, it wasn't, it wasn't that I thought you were going to be mad. It was feeling, I think it was the feeling of incompetence and that being a lie that I had let like year, a couple of years ago, I had a job where uh, it was all, all, um, what's the word? administrative. And it was all these details that I am just no good at. <laughs> and I was like, I was sending people to the wrong airport. I, I mean, I was awful. Uh-oh. Yeah. Right, right. And you're like, it, with you, it was like, okay, we can reschedule. But with that, it was like, oh no, this is a huge meeting and now I'm late and it's your fault. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and then having to work through those emotions and being like, wow, but I'm so grateful that I had that season of life to, this sounds awful, but to make mistakes on a huge corporation's dime so that as I move into <laughs> to the things I'm called to, I've already learned those lessons and they're, they're not going to have to cost me as much, not just monetarily, but it's not going to, I'm not going to feel that defeated because I'm going to have already worked through it. And I did get better at it. I was never a natural. <laughs> There's certain people that are just amazing at details. I'm not. And it's something that I think when I was going through this, I was like, oh, this is why I'm feeling so strongly is because I, I mm-hmm. feel like creeping in. And I think journaling it out and then you obviously just saying, hey, you have, it's fine. I was like, wow. Okay. It is actually fine. <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't know if that's, that's something, what are, what are some, I guess just some last thoughts if you had to give us something to take five minutes as we're ending this podcast, I'm all about, if you haven't heard it already, I've said it three times this episode, practicals, like how do we take what you're saying and apply it and, and actually grow and not just listen to it and think like, oh, she's so great. I love Alex L. But what are some things that you would prompt or that you feel in your heart to, to tell the listeners to say, okay, take a few minutes and think on this or ask yourself that. Mm-hmm. I think I would say to pencil yourself in for learning the lessons of your life. Um, and what I mean by that is from everything related to rest, self-care, um, practicing grace, extending grace to ourselves. Um, practicing gratitude like as a writer of course I turn to the the page but I know not everybody is comfortable with doing that um but I think it's really super important that we make time to learn ourselves and I have this thing I call it the stop drop and self-care alarm that I give to all my one-on-one clients um I have this thing called the stop drop and self-care alarm that I give to all my clients and I say listen at the same time, every day, if you can, if you're not driving or doing something, you know, that requires your immediate attention to stop and take a beat, to reflect, to journal, to rest, um, to find a moment of ease, to nourish your body, to drink water, whatever it is, create a ritual because practice creates ritual. And in my new book, After the Rain, that's coming out um, October 13th, 
I talk a lot about the different lessons of life. And I didn't just learn those by winging it all the time. You know, I mean, yeah, a lot of them I did, but some of them really had require uh, daily practice to this day um, for me to be able to show up for myself and then in turn show up for those around me. Um, so making space for yourself, penciling yourself in is major. And I hope that everyone does more of that because we require our own time and we deserve it. Yes. And I just had, sometimes I'll get pictures. I think it's from God, but take it or leave it. I just had this picture for you. And, um, it was like, I saw you washing your own feet. Um, and then someone came to wash yours and you were like, no, no, no. And you showed them how to wash someone else's. And then, um, sorry, it's kind of making me emotional. And then I like saw this pan out and all of a sudden there was all these women, they were washing their feet, turning, washing their sister's feet. And it was Mm. this like, this like ocean of women. And you just watched like line by line. It was like, wash my feet, wash your feet wash their feet. And it was just like, it kept trickling. And I, and I know you're, you have a pretty incredible impact in this arena, but I just didn't see it stopping. And so, I mean, as a wife, as a mother, as an author, as a podcaster, I just want to commend you for what you're doing. It's already set in motion, but I don't, I think this is going to live outlive your, your life. I think your legacy is going to go far beyond your years um, and I know that's kind of weird to say, but I just, I feel it so strongly. Like your impact is, is timeless, honestly. Mm, thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. And that's a part of the legacy that I want to leave behind and being someone who writes books and makes, um, audio and things like that. I know that my work will outlive me and to hear someone else say, you know, the, impact of the work will also be um, around for years to come. I pray that's the truth. I pray that that is absolutely going to happen. I trust that it will. And, you know, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming, but legacy isn't made overnight. And, you know, the smallest things can set stones in motion. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Well, Thank you just overall for all of these thoughts. Um, I'm just so grateful to have your wisdom on some of these topics that I have been asking myself and asking many others. And my friends have probably gotten sick of listening to me ask these same questions. <laughs> I always get a new perspective and um, I just appreciate, you know, how, what it's taken for you to get here. You didn't just live a, a super easy life um, to get to this moment. Like you've, this message has cost you. Um, and mm. that means a lot, you know, and, and that's why it has impact. It's not, it's not because you decided, oh, I'm just going to like teach people how to journal and take care of themselves. It's, it was a necessary process for you. And now you're helping other people out of situations that they otherwise wouldn't have known how to get out of. So, so yeah, I'm just really grateful for your life and your message. Thank you so much, Brooke. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, um, as I let you go, is it, I don't know if you're comfortable with this or not, but do you mind if I just pray for you really quick? No, I don't mind at all. Please do. (laughs) Okay. Is there anything specific? Um, you don't have to get in detail. I didn't know if there was anything. No, just, uh, say what you feel called to say. I'm open to that. 
Awesome. All right. Well, God, we just thank you for, again, the message, the journey, the person Alex is. And God, we just ask for grace for this, or excuse me, this, we ask for grace for this book release and for this moment in time that she has been prepped for and prepared for. Um, it's no surprise that it's in this hour that you're, you're just sending her message so much further than how she could have ever done before technology or just on her own. And God, I just want to cover her family. Thank you for their health and for the legacy they're going to carry. I'm so, yeah, I'm so eager to see what that turns into. And um, yeah, we just thank you for this washing of feet, this self-care, but this getting present, all of these messages that have formed her as a human God, I ask that you would multiply these messages in women who are hearing what she has to say, that they would add a little piece of themselves to it and that they would further this message further and further and further. God, we thank you for multiplication and we thank you for rest in Jesus name. Amen. A sincere thanks for being here. Continue to share, subscribe, and throw some feedback in the reviews. You all are powerful individuals with great purpose. Have an amazing day.